recording. Let me drop this down a little bit. That's better, better, but nope, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. That's what she said. Okay. But hello, new full moon, and fucking up my video, so there will be no Zoom recording of this one. I get a nice view of Nick's lovely face and his man cave, but however, yeah. he cannot see me, which is fine, only because I hung out in the glamper for the last six days, and I think the glamper took all of my glamour with it to storage because bitch looks fried <laughs> wait are you from fried from being outdoors or like opposite of fried um fried from just my hair is a mess i have partial makeup on and yeah i just i'm a hot fucking mess oh i mean th- like aren't we all it's 2020 well not me usually before each recording i do my makeup i do my hair i mean it's the only time i really do it at all anymore so but this time yeah for reference though i am in a really cool shirt that has a picture of a crystal ball on it with like witchy hands around it and it says my crystal ball says you are full of shit what do you say about that mr predicto really asshole you've been going off the entire time there is no doubt there we go I wish like I wish it was like learned sentences like the Furbies where it was like oh, it was like there is no doubt I'm gonna get me one of those you know like, it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> talking about shirts and stuff that would be amazing. So, Mr. Nick Floyd, I was perusing on your Instagram stories. And holy hell, tell me about this goddamn movie. Oh, let me tell you. Listen, it's been a pretty dark week for me. I think people who follow me on Facebook, I'm like done with I'm done with the Facebooks for a while. I'm like over it. I've like lost all hope in humanity. Everything sucks. Yada yada yada. Same 2020 motto. And I decided yesterday, I'm like, you know what? I've been sitting on this movie for a while. Uh, there was a trailer floating around on, on the internet. Uh, for this movie, and I was like, this doesn't look real. Anthony Michael Hall is in it. Uh, so is this like... It's little... like young Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Very young. Which he's, he was amazing. He was amazing in it. But I I was like, you know what? I, I need to watch this movie. I've been sitting on it for a while. I need to watch this movie. And I found it. It was on iTunes for like $4 to buy. Oh, shit. Full HD, like these weird 90s movies, you're lucky if you can find like a VHS tape, but this was like a remastered. <laughs> oh, sh- they remastered yeah. it and it's still $4.99 and I've yeah. never heard of this movie. No one had, it like slipped, slipped through the cracks. So this movie like changed my world. I literally, I was like having a great time. <laughs> I was laughing. Like this movie saved 2020 for me. It sounds crazy. Get the fuck out. It sounds crazy, but uh, yeah, it's called uh, the, the 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 title on the poster, which is very confusing because it's not the title of the movie, but the title of the movie is Upworld, but the title in the title card of the movie is a gnome named Norm 
like Norm with a G, like a silent G like Gnome. No fucking way. It is pure magic. Stan Winston directed it. He directed it. It was his follow-up to Pumpkinhead. <laughs> like what? He made this this was this was his next director. It's like, Stan, you did Pumpkinhead. What's next? And he's like, Well, I have this movie about a cop and a and a gnome that have to fight crime together. <laughs> So that's the premise of this. They actually, they're like lethal weapon, but it's the nerd from Brett from uh, 16 Candles and a no. Yeah. So he's like a, he's like a goofy cop who like everyone's, you know, places bets at the station that he's going to fuck things up. And he normally does. And he, they use him as like a scapegoat for this undercover crazy, like jewel heist thing. And he goes to the, this park and, uh, Norm the gnome kind of like buries his way up and witnesses Anthony Michael Hall getting like knocked out by the bad guy and then the bad guy straight up exploding like handed a case of, of like a bomb case to this other undercover cop and just exploding him in this park. What? No way. <laughs> and so the gnome witnesses the murder. Anthony Michael Hall catches the gnome. The gnome can talk and they work together to solve the crime. That sounds lovely. It's like it's the the humor is so outdated because the gnome is like super horny and like just down to fuck anything. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, like his whole his whole shtick is like when he sees a woman, he like talks about her butt and boobs. It's it's like the weirdest, <laughs> most nineties. There's a montage of them. There's two montages in the movie set to the song Lowrider, which was at once the George Lopez show theme song. I know. Hell yeah. <laughs> so here's my question. It's early 90s. So it wasn't CG. It was. Organic, oh, yeah. It was right? full on like creepy puppet central. Oh, my God. And how was that? The creepy puppet central? Was it entertaining it was so, or was it just did it pull the, you out? Of once it? like Norm started talking and stuff, it was it was all. It just. It worked. Everything about it. Like, once you're past like the first fifteen minutes, and you're in it, it's. I couldn't. I, like, I wasn't bored. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I was like, this movie just brightened my whole entire year. That's so. Um, I'm so happy for you. Now, who played Norm? Was it anybody? I big? have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. There are a couple other recognizable actors in it as well. But like, I, I was like, I said on my Instagram, I want to like create a new like a resurgence for this film <laughs> like tell like shout it from the rooftops be like guys if you haven't heard about this movie you have to watch this movie well here you go you're shouting it from the podcast world everybody go watch this movie what was it called again uh it, on itunes it's called Upworld, um which makes sense in the context of the movie but it's it's so confident in what it is which is why it's so good i love <laughs> like, it it knows what it is it doesn't try to be anything else, and none of, like it, I didn't cringe at all. Like I, I laughed at how ridiculous stuff was, but it, I was supposed to be laughing at right. how ridiculous. It, it just all worked. Like it was genuine laughs. Like sometimes you go back and watch '90s movies, and you're like, "Oh God, that's so not funny." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were plenty of those for sure. But uh, yeah, a hidden gem through and through. I, I, I really, I think this could be the answer. I think. Uh, like, if Bill and Ted were to have to make a movie to save humanity, this would be that movie. Okay. Okay. That's putting a lot at stake. <laughs> I did give it a five out of five. <laughs> I will say, 
the gnome didn't really look like a gnome to me. Like, I think gnome, I think the little garden gnomes. It looked, what did it look like? God, I can't even, it was like a cat mixed with a, a coyote mixed with, like, covered in brown poop. Yeah, it looked like it looked like a rabid coyote. It also looked like a uh, it looked like a, what's his name Hobble or Cobble or whatever from the from Labyrinth. It looked like him, but not as he wasn't as thick. You know, he was like a <laughs> he was he was he was skin and bone. Okay, that well, norm still haven't seen Lab- Labyrinth. No, that was a different story. Never, I haven't oh. seen Labyrinth either. Damn. Yeah. Well, sorry. I mean, I think. I think just for like to make people angry sake, you should definitely watch Upworld before you watch Labyrinth. Okay. So <laughs> people are like, have you seen Labyrinth? You're like, no, but I've seen this movie starring Anthony Michael Hall and a gnome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh it's so good. It. It's so, so good. Oh, and last, the best part is uh, in the cre- the opening credits, it says, and introduce it. It's like Anthony Michael Hall. Da 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 da. In introducing uh, <laughs> Norm the Gnome as himself. Oh shit! Oh, he got like top billing because you know when they add those extra words, you're way more important than the people who have been introduced before you. Could you imagine being in a fucking movie and like it's gonna come out in theaters? You're super pumped, and you don't get top billing even though you're like a supporting role, but you don't you lose your top billing to a fake puppet creature <laughs> i quit acting i you know i no wonder anthony michael hall just really didn't do much after that he was just so disappointed he didn't get the the with or the also or the and starring at the end fucking norm took it all god damn it norm took it. i i wish i like fuck the pandemic because i wish conventions were happening right now so i could find the nearest one that anthony michael hall is booked and i would make a whole documentary about my quest to go tell anthony michael hall how making upworld wasn't a mistake and how it's one of the greatest cinematic <laughs> achievements in history well if we ever do get back to work i'll let you know which one he's at that I'm at so I can see this all go down. I, you know, the last time this happened with me and another actor, it didn't go, go well at all. It was Ron Perlman. He made a movie <laughs> in the 90s. Oh, Ron. <laughs> it, it's, it's called, um, oh my God. I got, I'll look it up and I'll remember it next week, but it's Ron Perlman versus these giant mutated baboons on this island (laughs) oh no at the very at the very end of the movie one of my favorite scenes in any movie one of the there's like fire everywhere and the baboon comes out and he looks at the baboon he goes you remember me and then there's like this flashback of like the baboon killing all these people and then he's like because i remember you you son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) no oh my god and and Ron's uh, an interesting feller as it is, and yeah, it's it's an incredible movie. Uh, I'll look up the name. It's it's something really simple, and it's like it's a movie title that's already been used. But I, I've got a photo op with Ron, and I'm holding a sign that says "You remember me," and then he's holding a sign that says "Cause I remember you, you son of a bitch." Okay, you have to send that to me, and it's going up on the Instagram stories. Yeah, he uh, he I, I, like. I genuinely was like, I really love this movie. I don't think you understand like 
for me as a kid loving monster i i genuinely love it and he was like not having it he just didn't want to talk about it <laughs> yeah uh, probably he probably was just like i'm i someone's yanking my chain i, I wasn't it's a great <laughs> movie <laughs> Oh, shit. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, you said you had something you wanted to talk about right off the bat. What was that? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was just my love for Upworld. Oh, okay. Yay. (laughs) So you set it up, and hopefully I knocked it down. Oh, yes. One million percent. I did get an email today. I want to give it... I've got all the shout outs real quick, and it, it all has to do with paranormal, so... You guys listening, all that stuff will hopefully appreciate all this stuff as much as I do. But I heard from my friend Ty, who is part of the Haunt Me cast, which airs on YouTube, and I got a press release. And I'm going to read this to all y'all because you should definitely check it out. I love Ty. I love his entire crew. It's all free on YouTube. Award-winning web series ventures further from its main while opening up their unique rating system to the public for the very first time. New season premieres Tuesday, September 8th, 2020 at 8 p.m. And they're just haunt me on YouTube. Check it out. They and they release them weekly. It's really fun. It's not like when Oddity Files comes out, I just throw a whole fucking season at you and say enjoy. Um, but yeah, and they do some fun stuff on Facebook. I think they do some. Um, what's that called when people watch a movie with people on Facebook? Watch party. Watch party. Yeah, watch party for sure so check out ty tell him nick and i sent you from oddity files i would greatly appreciate it another shout out i have so my daughter-in-law mary knows about my shopping habit and knows that i think i might kind of sort of maybe be a witch and she found this website which is teresalins.com and it's spelled let me find it here um that's not it. It is www.teresalins.com. <laughs> Teresa is spelled T-E-R-E-S-A. Guys, I posted this in the Oddity Files fan group on Facebook. This site is amazing. She's a local Hoosier, which made me very excited. I ordered. My office smells amazing right now because I got Witch in a Bottle. And it's white sage smudge mist. And I sprayed my entire office with it because, one, it's a fucking full moon and you can't be too careful, even though my video camera still doesn't work. And two, because I fucking, it smells so good. It smells, it's not just white sage. It's, uh, it's amazing. She sent samples. I have it around here somewhere. It's a little candle called Fierce AF. Gotta love that. I ordered a dragon's blood full-size candle. It's fucking amazing. And in my hand, I am holding Come to Mama. This plant allies perform best. We clear our mind, ask for good vibrations, having only kind intentions. This is an anointing oil, and it's centuries years old. It's a tool to enhance spirituality and center oneself regardless to our specific beliefs. Never apply to someone without permission. So, yeah, it's intention oil, and I freaking love it. 
What? I need to take a bath in that. Exactly. And it's actually a really pretty little bottle. It's got no tags on. It's got a little baby rosebud in it and some leaves and some glitter. It was just a fun buy. And the shit was really cheap, which really made me happy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that goes a long way. For sure. But yeah, that's that's my shout outs. I'm pretty fucking stoked. And all the witchy stuff. This is the time. Everybody's going to be selling the witchy stuff right now. So get on it. Stock up. Whatever it is. Tell me about it in the Facebook fan group. Yeah, I'd say get on it. Absolutely. For just for, you know, vibes alone, exploring, exploring the witch, the witchy stuff. But also Halloween's around the corner and uh, you you might as well just start celebrating now. Like, who cares? Fucking wait. Can't fucking wait. Oh, I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go nuts. I feel like every Halloween, like when you're an adult, like I don't really do parties and stuff. Like I'm just not a, yeah. I like, I'm, I'm real awkwardly. I'm not really social, um, in those settings, but Halloween, I'm like for the last eight years, I'm like, guys, let's get together, see some candy corn because it's fucking delicious. And anyone who t- says otherwise <laughs> hasn't had black licorice, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if there's no other sugar in the house, I will hit up the candy corns. Oh, I will eat it till I puke. But I'm like, let's get the popcorn. Let's get the candy corns. Yeah. Guys, bring whatever candy. Let's just movie marathon all night. Yeah. And it's a great time. So I have an excuse to sit my ass inside. <laughs> yes. And watch all of the horror movies all night long and listen to all of the vinyl that are all Halloween themed. Which you got some new horror vinyl. I believe you told You're me. Damn right, I did. I got a uh, record store day was Saturday, which is great to support your local record shops. Um, there's two more two more record store day, day drops, which is great. But in this recent one was the Army of Darkness uh, score for the first time on vinyl, which is nuts. Really, that's so cool. Yeah, but it's so that it's so cool. It's like the vinyl itself. You can open it up, and it's like the poster art. And then I um, picked up the Evil Dead Two score on vinyl because it is a such a good such a good horror movie score it's just so fun and it's it's perfect to play while the trick-or-treaters are coming up to your door yeah because it's not like super spooky because evil dead 2 was the comedy remake of the first one Mm -hmm. so it was it leaned into like the quirky danny elfman type vibe so it's it's perfect uh you know perfect trick-or-treat music to not to not scare away the little ones but uh you know, set the set the vibes. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of Mr. Bruce Campbell, what a guy. Got to see him this weekend. They were playing all those kinds of movies, which I've seen a couple, not many. I love him for the fucking cable series, though. Oh, my God, I cannot. But it was great time. I brought the dogs to work on Saturday. I was very excited because there were all kinds of dogs at this drive-in. And I had them in a little spot, one on either side in their little kennel, and everything's going great. And then the girl, B, next to me, she was taking tickets, and she kept looking out underneath the tent. We were standing, really cheesy little tent we were standing underneath, just in case of rain. And I'm like, what the fuck is she looking at? And I look out, and the sky's black. Oh, shit. We're shooting outdoors. I might, I'm not sure if I added that oh. or not. And Bruce looks at me, he's like, uh, Kitsy, what's going on? So Bruce, you may want to take a look at this. <laughs> he walks out and goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> walks back up and we continue taking photos. The sprinkle starts and then it starts dripping off really quickly off the tent I'm underneath. And then that water that was dripping out underneath 
from the, the tent I was underneath started blowing toward me and my camera. So I had to stop the photo shoot and then all shit broke loose. So here oh. I am outside under this tent with my dogs and a camera that I all have to get them all inside. Bruce is fine. Where he's at is not getting wet at all. So I'm trying to get everything inside. I've got the camera under my shirt, a leash, both leashes in one hand, and I go running in. I'm like, babe, what should I do? He's like, I don't care because his system was all screwed up. It was not our fault, but he was dealing with some shit. And I said, I walked out. I said, Bruce, let's call it. I don't want to risk, you know, ruining ruining this camera. He's like, oh, God, no. And so about felt like three hours later, but about 15, 20 minutes later, everything clears up. Walk outside. I said, Bruce, Mr. Estes, get over here. I need a selfie with this fucking rainbow. And they obliged. So good. That picture is. Oh. It's just, it's just great. Like, it's like, it's like the world giving everybody a Coke. It was just like pure joy. It's like, hey, I'm, yeah. we're going to, here, here's a reminder that like things are, things are still <laughs> shitty, but then it went away and it's like, but have a good time today, everybody, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And here's my thing. Rainbows, I haven't seen one in years. And um, right after my dad passed away eons ago, um, rainbows everywhere everywhere me my sisters my mother looked there were rainbows like legit not even on paper like legit rainbows in the sky that year and this was the first rainbow I'd seen in a long time and I had just turned in my book the day before and it's like dad was saying good job kiddo get back to work (laughs) hell yeah I love that that's like hearing that piece of it too is is you know I mean I I feel like I see rainbows very frequently. In fact, like last or um, right before quarantine started, it rained really hard here here in Nashville, and I was walking to my car, and never in my life have I seen it before. But I saw the end of a rainbow. It was literally in our <gasps> our parking lot, like going into this puddle. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Oh my god! But uh, yeah, I like so to hear no gold. no no gold. Unfortunately, just just wet, gross uh, <laughs> pavement. <laughs> With, you know, the antifreeze rainbows in it. Yep. And you look inside, you're like, oh, look, it's like bubbles. Uh, but it's, yeah, disgusting. But yeah, I, I didn't know that that was, you know, part of the story that you hadn't seen a lot of rainbows. And that makes it even better because it was just such a oh. massive one. And yeah. huge. We could see both sides of it from where we were at because it was just a big field behind the drive. And it was it was magical. And I just had to share with everybody. So. <sighs> Sorry about my droning on about, you know, getting to hang out with Bruce for a little bit this weekend. But I thought of you, Nick. I know. I was there in spirit. Uh, I know. uh, What a what a guy. I feel like I feel like as my my last career was was transitioning, it was like right when I got to meet Bruce. And I was just like, oh, what a what a he's everything. I mean, I've had books of his since I was a kid and always watched Evil Dead and all that. So I was just like, oh, grateful I got to got to uh he got to treat me like a child so it was it was (laughs) so fucking magical no he's great he was actually the first celebrity interview we had on this show so bruce will always hold a very special place in my heart he always asks about paranormal investigating and all that stuff he he gets me what a guy what a what a magical human yeah lots of magic and i i should probably stop raving about him but you have some paranormal in the news, I believe. I guess I, yeah, I guess I do. I, I gotta pull it up. 
pulled up real quick. It'll be a quick one, but it was just too... <laughs> it was just too weird to not do. Oh, hell yeah. That's what we're about is the weird. Yeah, I am all about the weird. Let me close out text. It doesn't mess with my Wi-Fi. Okay, so... The head, this is this is uh, this was updated four hours ago, and it's very nonchalant and casual. But I'm just going to read the headline before we really get into the beef of it. But the, this comes from Fox 11 in LA. Uh, the headline reads: FBI investigating pilots' report of a quote guy in jetpack flying 3,000 feet in air near planes at LAX. Three thousand feet? Oh shit! I feel like that would kill somebody. But go on. I'm sure you'll tell me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I don't really even. There's like an a, an actual radio transition, and a quote from the pilot is, "Tower American one nine nine seven. We just passed a guy in a jetpack." <laughs> yes, I love this guy. Oh, it's just, uh, it's, it's crazy. So there's really, there, there's really no, it hasn't really developed any further because it is still. It's so new. It's so new. Um, but the pilot estimated that the jetpack was only 300 yards out of his window and that they think it was some sort of internet or social media stunt. I mean, ju- I didn't know they could go that high. I didn't either. I've only seen like the water ones. Do they have like real life jetpacks now? I don't the, like Jetson style. The fact that no one—I mean, maybe it was Elon Musk like zipping around on some tech. Well, <laughs> I mean, that makes fucking sense. That makes sense. Or you know, um, uh, they're they're making a new Jackass movie, and Steve-O duct taped himself to a billboard in L.A. recently. No. So why? I mean, maybe it's 2020. Like. I, Maybe it's a it is a stunt for a movie, or maybe it is this. But the best part of the story is that as a part of the trans uh, the transmission that was sent, <laughs> one of the quotes later in the transmission was the other pilot going, "Only in L.A." <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got a point. Yeah. So it's uh, it's insane. So I guess the FBI is involved, and they're and they're trying to go after the guy and find out who he is because what he did was illegal and all this shit. But like, I, I'm not surprised. So by the next episode, we'll have a little bit more information on it. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll it'll quietly develop. Um, hopefully, it's a bigger story when they like catch this guy. Um, but it's people have been locked in their houses. Someone could have cracked the code to build a jetpack that works. And was using it, testing it out. I, I guess that's the biggest part of the story to me is I didn't know there were fucking jetpacks that worked. And I feel like whoever the guy was in the thing should be celebrated because this has to be the first jetpack that can get you that high. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making shit up. Yeah, I mean, there, there's stuff. I, I worked a job at Disney many, many, many eons ago, and they... Um, they, they were testing out, they, they, they developed this technology, I think they're using it now at the Avatar Park in Animal Kingdom. I sound like a, like a southern dad. They're, they're using the technology at, a, at the Avatar Park at Animal Kingdom. Um, <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, it was, it was back when they were opening New Fantasyland in Disney World, and like all the press were there, and, and we were all working the event, and it was the craziest shit, because everyone looked in the sky, and there was a dragon that was breathing fire like thousands of feet in the air and apparently it was like it was designed and built to like 
camouflage the human who was who was piloting it, but it was, you know, flying on its own, working just fine, breathing uh, fire and shit. So the technology exists. I just oh snap. Yeah. Oh, now I'm really wishing I had gone on that Avatar ride last time I was at Disney. Well, I think right before COVID. Hit. I think during the fireworks show, on occasion, maybe when they first opened, they would bring out they like repurpose that technology to bit to make one of the the flying um, dragon thingies from. Uh, from avatar but i don't know there's videos online of, of it working and it's it's crazy but yeah to think like a jetpack maybe these pilots were yeah off the rocker and saw a pterodactyl <laughs> i did have somebody uh respond to our twitter on the pterodactyl or maybe it was instagram saying it's absolutely a kite what are your thoughts a kite yeah I mean, I watched that video and it looks like a legit pterodactyl doing a nosedive and like, you know, fancy sh- air moves in the air. It's like air show shit. I don't think a kite could pull that off. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that the, there there are multiple videos online. That one looked really good. Um, it yeah. covered a lot of ground. So even if it was a kite, that's a lot of distance to, to, yeah. to travel on the head moving like flying and then like looking down and yep. I'm just like no nah, I, I do I think it's a pterodactyl maybe do I think it's a kite but uh, probably not uh, no no it's legit a pterodactyl it has to be there's no bird that looks like that yeah I mean I think even if it's like it's 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 like the Bigfoot argument right it's like pterosaurs as a whole like maybe it's not a pterodactyl but the fact that like um Oh my God! What's the bird? A pet like the like pelicans. Pelicans, yeah. Those are some strange looking creatures, and I feel like down the line of the different the different types of pelicans that exist, the different breeds and things, there could be some sort of crossbreeding or something. Uh, yeah, that I could see that. Could make a crazy like pterosaur style head. I don't. I don't know. I mean, anything's possible, really. For sure. I kind of hope it's pterodactyl, though. I do too. And just one. Yeah, as long- not asexual, just one. It just came out of an iceberg. It melted. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, it would be cool as long as they don't start scooping up like children and stuff and eating them. I think we're well, yeah. pretty okay. They they were pretty terrifying in Jurassic World, but it was funny because I was editing last week's episode while watching Jurassic Park, and the scene was on in the kitchen. And it was some shitty RV park cable. Uh, and I don't know if I wasn't looking in the right place, but I did not see it. I was like, what are the fucking chances right now? Yep. Yeah. That, <laughs> hey, that's how everyone watched it in the 90s, even on the big screen. Mm-hmm. They couldn't see those mistakes. Crazy. Yep. Oh, is there anything else you need to cover, sir? Uh, have we plugged all the socials? Oh, thank. What would I do without you? Uh, probably. I, I mean, lose I my video and I lose my damn mind. <laughs> Guys, you should be following us on all the socials. And I'm going to say it all. I'm not going to put Nick on the spot because I fucked up and almost forgot. Follow us on the Twitter, the Instagram, and the TikTok at Oddity Files, all one word. And then we've got a Facebook. We've got a website, which is oddityfiles.com. You can purchase merch there. Don't look at the other stuff because it hasn't been updated in a hot minute. Just the merch page. You can tell we're 
I find things are more important in clothing than in actually updating the website. Um, yeah, we also have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash oddityfiles. The one thing I have remembered to do recently is update the shit out of the Patreon. Yes, I'm patting myself on the back. But I want to give a shout out to all of our producers, which are Doug Malden Locke, Ryan Hoke, and Donald Blanchflower. And we have a contest. And I probably should have drawn a winner because it's September. I'll do that before the episode is over. But if you guys rate and review us on anything, the IMDb, the Amazon, the, no, not YouTube, all the podcast apps, all you have to do is rate and review. You don't, it doesn't have to be a good rating. It doesn't have to be a good review, but it does get you bonus points. And we put you in a drawing every single month where you can win some Oddity Files swag. Where do you send all that stuff? When you screen grab your review, you send it to OddityFilesCrew at gmail.com and you are instantly added to our monthly contest. Boom. Dun, dun, dun. Friggin' nailed it. And, uh... (laughs) Before we before uh, you dive in your story, I just I'll put a poll up on on Facebook because I'm still gonna poke around in the group, but I'm not using the the main face page shit because people are right. just being negative Nancys and in in and outside of the Oddity Files fan group. But I'll put a poll in, right? Just because I'm curious, uh, and there's a few months left, and and movie theaters are kind of starting to open, so I think there's more opportunity to like do shit at drive-ins and stuff. If I were I don't know where everyone's located, but like hypothetically speaking, how far would you drive, uh, Oddity Files listeners? Uh, how far would you drive to watch Upworld in a drive-in if I were to put something together? That's what I want to know. Um, I'll put it in the group, and we'll see what we can do. About three hours from Nashville. I'm just saying, I could I could be down. I there. mean, if the listeners are up north, I'll look at uh, drive-ins. Up in your neck of the woods and, and see what's going on. It can't it can't be much to rent rent one out. And I just I want I want to I want to share this movie with the world. <laughs> Can we get Michael Anthony Hall to do like a Bruce Campbell thing? Oh fuck! He, Photo ops? Are you kidding? In a second, I done. I will I will I will figure it out. I'm trying to think of who his manager is. I'm sure we know him. <laughs> If there was like this whole resurgence of Upworld for Anthony Michael Hall, it would be, I mean, he would, if he could walk out and like finally get this like cult classic applause of of these movies that get lost in time, like Miami Connection and shit like that, they come back and Anthony Michael Hall is just like, yes, finally this movie is getting the attention it deserves. (laughs) Anyway. He's like, this has always been my baby. This is it. I love it. All right. Well. I'll put it. I'll put it in the Facebook group, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what what can happen. But I feel like it's a good October November movie. We'll see. Fuck yeah! Who knows? I totally agree, guys. I'm pretty excited to tell you about this new product I'm using. Soul Drops are sacred plant supplements that boost overall wellness by enhancing your mind, body, and spirit. See what I did there? Made with traditional healing plants, this special microdosing option empowers self-healing and performance optimization. Soul Drops allow you to power up physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Again, see what I did there? With only a few drops per day, Soul Drops can empower your self-healing and optimization. 
Now, I'm not kidding. I found Soul Drops on a social media ad, and guys, I'm shocked at the results. I'm not even kidding. I'm not making this up. I am shocked at the results. My moods have leveled out, and I'm sleeping better. So Soul Drops is brought to you by renowned shamanic healer and herbalist Vlada Talan. She uses an ancient process to offer all natural, legal, and safe microdosing. Her master plant formulas have transformed the lives of thousands of people, including me. So I figured out a way to get you guys Soul Drops at a 10% discount. Are you ready? Head on over to souldrops.net and type in oddity files, one word, in the discount code box. I got the Master Trinity set, and I tell you what, this stuff works. So head on over to souldrops.net and remember to type oddity files, again, one word, into the coupon code to get your 10% off. And you know what? You can just thank me later. Have you heard of paraboxmonthly.com? Get ready for this. It's kind of cool. Every box contains an amazing soft style paranormal t-shirt and a content card. These items also contain a hidden password. Okay, once discovered, it'll open up a new mystery online. How cool is that? If you can solve their challenge, you'll be entered into a monthly drawing for free merchandise. So cool. So here's all you need to do. You head to paraboxmonthly.com and add promo code oddityfiles. And you're set. Check it out. It's paraboxmonthly.com, promo code oddityfiles. Check it out. Nick, you ready for a story? You damn right I'm ready for a story. I was born ready. Okay. This one has, I gave it a title. Oh. Well, I didn't give it a title, and you'll find out who actually did give it a title. The title is Case File, The Unspeakable. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And we're about to go full circle here because I was researching the Lake Norman monster and had totally planned on doing a story on old Normie, which wasn't the Norm the gnome, right? Yeah. <gasps> Thank God I didn't do that story. <clears throat> but then I started listening on the drive to Ed and Lorraine Warren's audiobook, Ghost Hunters, on Audible. Use promo code OddityFiles, one word. <laughs> it's been a hot minute since I've done a good Ed and Lorraine Warren story. And this one blew my mind. But first, I'm sure this has been said before, but the Warrens seem to use the word demons for every single spirit they encounter. It seems as though they've honestly replaced the word ghost with demon. And I don't know if it's their strict Catholic lifestyle that has them thinking this. I'm assuming their thoughts are if you don't go to heaven after death and aren't an angel, then you must be a demon. I'm just trying to figure out why they do it, but here's my soapbox speech. Because like like I said, every story, the ghost is a demon. Or maybe it's just Ed's thing, because I remember when Lorraine was on Paranormal State. God, I love that show so much. And I don't ever recall her referring to demons quite so often. But I digress. I'm going to tell you the story of Ed and Lorraine Warren's case file, The Unspeakable. And that story goes a little something like this. Ed and Lorraine Warren called this their most controversial case, and with good reason. This is the case of Joel DeWitt. He lived with his mother 
way longer than he should have. He had only been away from his mother once when he spent one year at mortuary school in Omaha, Nebraska. He was a heavy-set 38-year-old man who worked at the local Rose Funeral Home as the director. But Joel had a secret. Every Thursday night, he'd go out and leave his 81-year-old mother alone to her chagrin. But when doing so, he'd always go out in a disguise, from wigs to wearing his dead father's clothes and a brushy theater mustache, because he wouldn't want his mother to find out where he was going. If it were up to his mother, Joel would never leave the house except for work. So Joel was a mama's boy with no other choice but to be one. The disguise was also so his boss, Arnold Ruby Sr., wouldn't find out either. It was said Arnold got along better with the dead people than his employees. Same, Sr., same. His disguises were so good that he never got caught. So no one ever knew his sweaty little secret that he was every Thursday night heading out to the local porno theater. (laughs) Joe was lonely, oh so lonely, and even more horny, apparently. (laughs) The boxes full of nudie magazines just weren't enough for him anymore. All his life, Joel had dreamed of possessing women the way they were possessed in these movies. But as a good son would... He confessed these sins to his priest oh. every week. <laughs> God, what a freak. I'm not going to lie. The haunting is very minimal in this story, but the way they told the rest of the story was fucking gorgeous, and I couldn't not tell it. Okay. Back to said story. Joel's mother thinks no woman is good enough for him, only her. So when she starts to get suspicious of Joel's excuse, excuse that he's bowling every Thursday night because she watches him sleep every Thursday night. Okay, mom, back the fuck off. (laughs) She's 81. He's 30 something. I don't even remember. That's fucking creepy. Yeah, that's some like Norman Bates shit. (laughs) Literally. You just wait. And While watching him, she listens to him moaning in his sleep and watched his body twitch. She assumes her baby is out doing the unspeakable with girls. And when she'd say the word girls to him, he would feel so shameful. It's like the word girls was a dirty word. The look in her eye and the tone of her voice was enough to send chills down anyone's spine. Joel, partially relieved and partially embarrassed, Promises mother promises his mother that it wasn't a girl and that he wasn't lying. Now was he? She finally gave up and Joel went about his life. So I forgot to add something to that story and I'm going to pretend like it never happened. Okay, so <laughs> as a funeral director, sometimes he had to help with the embalming. But life in the funeral home, you don't see the bodies as anything but meat. Quickly rotting meat is what he said. The soul is what makes people beautiful, Joel thought. Sometimes he'd lay in bed just imagining the girls he saw in the movies and in his magazines and picturing having a life with them. 
He'd rename them in his head something other than the names they were given, like Barbie and Trixie, and I couldn't think of any more like 70s stripper names, so I added an Amber, because that's what they are now, (laughs) and give them names like Sarah and Beth and Donna, and he'd play out scenes of everyday married life with his woman of choice right before bed. The one guy you'd think would be wanking it before bed every night is picturing marrying the the porn chicks. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> you guys should see the look on Nick's face. Oh, He's disgusted. What a, what a <laughs> nasty, nasty man. Yeah. Ugh. But while at work, he never even really looked at the naked women that would come through and need to be prepped before burial until a 24-year-old woman came in, and she was the same body type as one of the women he dreamed of being married to almost every night. He tried to deny the feelings that overwhelmed him, and he tried to see her, too, as just a piece of meat. So that's where that story ends. And then the this is chapter nine in the book Ghost Hunters. And then it goes to Ed and Lorraine Warren were living their best life at the time, showing up on all the 70s talk shows, discussing some of their cases, documenting over their documenting their over 2,000 cases, and teaching demonology and paranology as guest speakers in colleges around the country. Oh, the good life. And that's how Joel's sister found out about them and contacted them. She said that her brother was acting strangely. Oh, shit. You doesn't want. Was acting strangely and that he was living at home with his mother. And that the past Sunday that her brother had levitated and that she was sitting 10 feet away from him when it happened. Okay, Jill, you're a little more interesting now. So the Warrens put everything they were working on on hold and went to give our pal Joel, our creepy little pal Joel, a visit. Mrs. DeWitt and his sister Tanya were anxiously awaiting the Warrens' arrival when they told Joel they were coming. He was none too happy about it and said he didn't need to talk to him, that everything was just fine, and then he just wanted to be left alone. His mother shoots back with, these are nice people. Your sister saw on the Mike Douglas show. And what's going on with you is the devil's work. Of course it is. She tells him that seeing her son's sleeping body levitate off the couch was too much for her heart to handle. And he was going to talk to these nice people or he too was going to hell. This mother, I tell (laughs) you. He doesn't sound like the kind of guy that's threatened by that. He sounds like the kind of guy that'd be like, okay, mom, I'll see you there. (laughs) (laughs) No, he was terrified of his mother. And that's why he's so fucked up. Anyway, um, the whole time mom's looking what I would imagine would be like Endora from Bewitched. Endora was the mother to Samantha, but not nearly as classy as Endora and you youngsters may not even have a clue of what I'm talking about but the rest of you get exactly where I am okay Joel goes on to say he's just overworked and stressed and it should all be fine soon and he stormed off to his room to pout because he's a baby he was worried when the Warrens show up they might actually know something 
about the paranormal, and they might find out what he's been up to for the past few months. Would they find out about his torturous dreams? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. So, yeah. this is this, this, uh. The Warrens flew out to the West Coast and knocked on the door. And I can only imagine it was fabulous. Ed and Lorraine walking in with a glowing spotlight on them and the angels singing harmoniously. Okay, probably not, but a girl can dream, right? (laughs) Ed and Lorraine sit him down in the dining room, begin to ask him questions. And even though Joel was overweight, the amount of sweat he was producing made him seem guilty of something. The book's words, not mine. (laughs) But they just didn't know what yet. He wasn't even answering any of their questions, telling them nothing happened and his family had just an overactive imagination. And he was sulky and uncooperative. Again, Ed's words, not mine. God rest his soul. Ed said that they had interviewed Joel on six separate occasions before getting to the bottom of things. They had come to the conclusion that satanic forces, of course they were, were at work here. That's a hard eye roll in case you didn't hear that. <laughs> and that he had actually levitated. The levitations were still happening, and Mama was hearing voices coming from Joel's room at night that weren't Joel's voice. So either he was playing house with these women in his head now, or something was afoot. And Ed decided to interview Joel all by himself. All the other times, Mom and his sister and Lorraine were there. Ed thought he might have an idea what was really happening and thought it would be best to speak to Joel man to man. And this time, he brought a video camera, stating to the family that he might catch something on the infrared tape that the human eye can't see. But Ed's real reasoning was to intimidate Joel into speaking the truth. What? I I feel like every single movie ever, it's like if you have like a killer when you're interviewing the killer in the room with the camera, the way to get answers from the killer is to cover the camera. Or turn it, yes, exactly or like un- my plug it. I love, I love like the buildup where it's like, this is the first time that, that he's talked to anybody one-on-one, man-to-man, but then Ed added a camera to it. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Dude, what like like put a wire on yourself to like secretly capture something. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he thinks the camera will intimidate him and he'll talk with the camera. I didn't understand it. Still, I was enthralled with this story. I don't know why. You may know at the end. Okay. So, he starts asking asking he starts off asking Joel about the job. Ed knows what the haunting is all about, but he wants Joel to admit it himself. After a few questions, Ed asks, have you ever heard of any funeral directors taking, quote, liberties, unquote, with the bodies before they're buried? Joel plays off like he has no idea what he's talking about. Hmm. Ed states, you know, sexual liberties, to which Joel replies a quick no. Then Joel gets a little defensive, and Ed asks, Have you ever worked with attractive women, Joel? Joel replies, "Mm, Sometimes. 
Ed asks, have you ever felt any carnal desire for them? To which Joel responds, of course not. Hmm. Yeah. Do you understand why I love this story so much? What a, like, what a fascinating interrogation, like, to sit down and, like, Joel's probably just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this guy knows everything. Uh, Where did he come from? He knows everything. He is the all-seeing Mr. Predicto. <laughs> Let's see. Definitely, yes. Yeah, oh. 100%. 100%. God, I wish I could set it down without it going uh, Yeah, I love that it's okay. always a double. It's always a two-hitter. <laughs> okay. But... After Joel responds, of course not. He wouldn't have any carnal desires for these dead women on his table with their ample breasts and their child-giving birthing hips. But Ed has noticed a distinct change. I add, that was some ad lib, just in case you're wondering. Their child-giving birthing hips? (laughs) I don't know. Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah. Ed has noticed a distinct change in body language from Joel and saw that Joel was slicked with sweat. The book's words, not mine. It was. It really sets up an image. And he kept biting his lower lip. Joel, still defensive, asks Ed, what are you trying to say? Ed shoots back, just that people don't levitate for no reason, Joel. He continues with, sometimes when people sin so horrifically, it invites demons into their lives. Joel looks de- Shit, this is supposed to be dramatic. Joel looks distantly (laughs) out the window and slowly confesses to having sex with the dead women in his funeral home. And tells Ed that he has nightmares of these women, these naked women, coming after him for what he did to them. Ed tells Joel, it's not too late to stop, Joel, that the demons, the demons can be stopped. And then the story just ends there. When the book was written, Joel was still struggling with his demons and was still lonely. That... I just wanted y'all to deal with this heartbreak that I dealt with. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, not at all. Like, did he My get take on this? Like, it's what? <laughs> what are the legalities of like defiling a corpse like that? Is he going to jail? I would fucking hope so. I would hope so too. Like, maybe that was it. Maybe that was the end of the story. Is it like he confessed because he went to jail? And Ed is like. The deed has been done. And then the cops show up, slap cuffs on him, and take him to the... <laughs> that's why he had the fucking video camera, Nick. You're a goddamn genius. Wow. Maybe that's like... That's why Ed and the Warrens were, had so much credibility. Is like... They also... They, they investigated truly paranormal demonic shit, but then also, like, helped solve crimes? and Literally. They're my heroes. So crazy that they... Minus the demons. They, like, bagged this guy. Like, these paranormal celebrities showed up and, like, fucked this guy's life up. I mean, he deserved it. (laughs) Well, totally. So my take on this is, one, the Warrens are absolutely in all of this, especially the story for the religious drama. And that's going to be a new catchphrase for me because I'm over the religious drama. (laughs) Two... 
We were due for another sex story on this podcast. (laughs) It had been a hot minute. And lastly, necrophilia will get your ass haunted, people. I hope this fucker ended up in jail. And you know I hope these women are still haunting the fuck out of him. Yeah, that would be... Yeah, like... I hope so too. I, I I hope I hope that it didn't happen frequently, uh, that it, that he didn't get away with like doing it multiple times. But I'm hoping that the few that it happened with are haunting him and driving him insane for the rest of his Weasley little fucking sweat filled life. <laughs> yes. Oh, what a grease ball. Yes. So. The moral of the story is these women were haunting haunting him. There were more than a few because at one point they get into the dreams and it was a bunch of women chasing him down and making him sweat in his dreams too, I'm sure. But yeah, I I feel, you know what, Nick, sometimes paranormal, there is no ending. Hey, I've been saying it for weeks and you know what, here you are. (laughs) This is is it. It's what it's all about. Sometimes you just... There's a beginning, and there is no ending. Or is the end actually the beginning? Oh, good. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He's getting real. Oh, <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, uh, what a, what a, I mean, like, what a story. I, I, I love, I love, I love the confidence in your storytelling. That was, that was very dramatic. I had just listened to the audiobook earlier today. So, I still had a little bit of that guy's karma going on inside of me. He was so dramatic too, like he'd do Lorraine's voice and it was very feminine and this that and the other. But when it was Ed, it was this. And when he was talking for Joel, he sounded a little weaselly and it was so good. <laughs> oh. Audible. Download Ghost Stories promo code Oddity Files. One word. Yeah. I wonder if they sell it on vinyl. <laughs> I bet they would. Oh, shit. I'm going to look on eBay. Chapter 9. Chapter chapter 9. Chapter 9 vinyl, please. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, my Lord. I am super excited about our latest podcast partner, which is Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash Bones Coffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Well, here we are. I cannot wait to see what you're going to talk about. Well, I think you know what I'm going to talk about. Uh, I <laughs> Let's just dive in. I'm not going to say anymore. Okay, do it. Do it. Do it. 
so this one uh, comes from... Uh, so I wrote this story, but with the help of MysteriousUniverse.org. They had they had the best info kind of compiled in their in their article, but uh, sounds like a good website, sir. Yeah, it, the logo is sick. I'd wear it on a T-shirt, to be completely honest. Fucking <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> love it. All right. So they say that sometimes the answers you seek are right in front of you. But for this particular story, that just isn't true. <gasps> yeah, we spend far too much time looking forward rather than looking up. Or down. If you looked up frequently, you would see far more that you just wouldn't be able to explain. UFO and alien believers will be the first people to tell you this. But what if we looked what if we looked down? What would you see? Grass? Dirt? Rocks? No. We'd see the things they only speak of in fairy tales and fiction. And no Yes! I'm not talking about ants or woodland elves. I'm talking about goddamn gnomes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I got a story when you're done with your story. Oh, Go ahead. Good. Can't wait. Good. All right. Your familiarity with gnomes might stop at the fact that you see them looking hella cute in gardens all over the world. <laughs> and while that is only a teeny tiny gnome-sized part of this story... There's so much more than ceramic statues here that is often overlooked by so many. <laughs> it's October 29th, 1979. Wind blows through the trees of Walton Park in Nottingham, England, as a group of six schoolchildren by the names of Angie, her brother Glenn, her sister Julie, as well as Andrew and Rosie, who were both brother and sister, and a boy named Patrick, all of whom... All of whom raimed, raimed, fuck. <laughs> all these names don't matter. I don't even know why it's in the story. Uh, all of, all of whom ranged from eight to ten years old, wander through the park during the late afternoon hours. That sentence took almost this whole podcast to get right. Uh, but it was good when it was done. So bravo. Oh, it's done. Okay, I catch my breath. Go set the mood correctly. Here we go. <laughs> the sun fades quickly as the children realize they need to begin their trek home. As they begin to exit the park, they notice a fence-off area of murky, overgrown swampland near a lake that was closed to the public. Because, you know, they were kids. They just said fuck it and snuck into this seemingly forbidden area. Like kids do. Yeah, of course. It's this. It's it's almost the eighties. They've gone through the seventies. Shit's wild. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so upon entering, the children immediately hear the chime of a bell, and instead of describing what they saw next, I'm going to read a documented eye eyewitness report from one of the children. Yes. This is all real. This is all very real. So quote. From, the, from one of the children, I don't know which one, but it's from one of the, <laughs> however many were there. <laughs> All right, here we go. We heard this little tinkly bell. We started running. I'm, I'm doing this not in a British accent because I can't do one. Uh, we started running and these little men came out of the bushes. There were about 60 of them in 30 cars, like bubble cars. They were half my size and looked old. 
They had greenish faces with crinkles in them and long white beards with a bit of red on the end. They were laughing in a funny way and driving over swamps near the lake. We were frightened and ran to the gate. I don't think they liked the lights outside because they didn't follow us to the street. End quote. Pretty Bubble cars? What? Yeah, just zipping around in bubble cars and shit. It's the best life ever. Oh, it's so amazing. Uh... The children claim... The name of this episode, Bubble Cars and Jetpacks. Bubble Cars and Jetpacks. I love it so much. That's how I want to live my life. Uh, <laughs> that's how some people do live their lives, when they drive Volkswagen bugs and smart cars. <laughs> True. Living that gnome life. Uh, the children claimed <laughs> to have spent around 15 minutes watching these bizarre figures cavort and drive about the swamp before they finally left for home before nightfall. This story went on to becoming one of the most famous gnome encounters. As the children were recorded by their school headmaster going into great detail about their experience. There are photos of what? these children, not the gnomes. <sighs> there are photos of these children being interviewed by the headmaster about their experience. And the headmaster even encouraged the kids to draw sketches of what, what they saw. And I have those sketches, which we'll share on Instagram and Facebook and all that. I feel like their headmaster might be Dumbledore because he's awesome. Yeah, he knew exactly what to do, uh, and he was like he he was convinced. He was like these kids, they're smart kids, they're good kids. There were a lot of them there, and they all saw the same thing. All their pictures looked the same. Their drawings, their sketches, everything like truly, truly amazing. So after wow. this specific report, many professors and historians dug deep into the history of gnomes, realized that there have been many documented cases, most of them reported by children. But... Maybe they're only visible to children! Maybe. Mind blown. Go See, ahead. See, I like that that's where your head went. That, they're, that, that's, <laughs> that that's what it is. I like that, yes. Because I think a lot of people will quickly dismiss the encounters due to the witnesses only being children, which means they're young and naive. But maybe... You should instead look at their childlike curiosity and size before you discount yes! their experience. Because, after all, kids have the advantage of viewing the world from a different perspective. Not because of their <laughs> imagination, but simply because of their size. And that's why I exactly. believe... And here's the... I trust children more than I trust more adults. Most adults. I do. I think kids are more open yes. to these sort of strange things because it feels... They haven't seen the world, the darkness that it holds, the evil within. They see exactly, they, they're open to this shit, you know, ghosts and gnomes and all this. But mm -hmm. the fact that they are so low to the ground, they, they see things from a truly different perspective. And I think... Literally, yes. You know, they can climb through the fence and then they... Well said. And then they climb through and see. But, you know, how often do you... I mean, really, how often do we all spend looking down? We don't. We just don't. Ever. No. Well, walking the dogs, because I, they're always trying to eat fucking something. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, maybe you should explore some wooded areas while they're puppies, because you're looking down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my... They would eat the gnomes. They though. would. They would. Oh, poor, poor <laughs> fellows wouldn't stand a chance, would they? No. Um, so, yeah, that's just a quick little blurb. Uh, a little story, if you will, about I love it about gnomes. I was very curious after watching Upworld. I'm like, have there been gnome sightings? Like, I know elves are a very uh, a very big thing, and that's a different topic that I'll probably touch on mm -hmm. later. That there there's this whole 
belief in elves um, in uh, Norway, Iceland, Sweden, all those places. Uh, just like trolls. But I hadn't heard anything about gnomes before. So I was like, now's the time. <laughs> I love it. I did. I only know about garden gnomes, you know, the statues. I didn't know it was something people came out and said they, well, actually I did. Let me tell you a story. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, we were investigating. It was an old jail and house here in Hartford, Indiana. And the guy who owned the place was very interesting. Um, he actually owns Randolph County Asylum, which I've been to uh, twice now, which is absolutely amazing. But he claimed that amongst the spirits in this jail, and I'm assuming was the sheriff's house as well, um, he would have gnomes. He would see gnomes running around the lobby area of where like, they would have checked people in to go to the jail. I did not see one. Uh, nobody saw one that night, but he said he'd see them coming out of his bathroom. Wow! See, so they're in Indiana too, apparently. That is one thing I, I when I was doing my research, um, underground tunnels in in, in England. Um, apparently, there there were sightings in 2016 of uh, little gnomes like oh, wow. hopping around on the tr- on the tracks and stuff like that. Um, but it, prisons as well. I think I think the way that the prisons are designed and and things like that, and and you know they say in some of the older prisons there are tunnel systems beneath the, the prison and, and stuff. So that's sort of like well, now that you say that, all the jail cells were in a tunnel like area in the basement. Most common areas is like underground tunnel, subways and stuff, and trains, and then uh, jails. Wow, that's crazy. I I'm, I'm waiting to see one. I will not run away and act scared. I might freak out the fuck out and whip out my phone. Are there any photos, any alleged photos of gnomes that you had saw, seen? There were a couple um, videos that circulated a few years ago of uh, their two specifically. I think they were in like Sao Paulo. Uh, they were in like Argentina or Brazil. They were somewhere and they were discredited by uh, Snopes. But I mean, like I... I don't know. They, 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 people yeah. came out and said they were fake, but they're, who knows? They're fun. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. I personally someday do want to see a fairy. I think that would be amazing. That's a whole other. That would be truly, truly amazing. And I, I do think there are certain places. But yeah, it's funny. Like gnomes and fairies, I guess, are classified in the same. If we're talking about real world sightings and stuff gnomes and fairies are apparently in the same class so like this article yeah. i was reading they eventually started calling the gnomes uh when we we're they were talking about historians and professors and stuff they were classifying the gnomes as fairies which was very interesting oh super interesting yep so uh yeah great job man Oh, hey, thanks. I, uh, I'm i kind of on this kick. I feel like everyone's going to be like, stop talking about Upworld. I'm like, I'm not gonna. No, it's going to be it's going to be your new Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I mean, the, the one movie is going to be my new <laughs> Ryan Gosling for sure. I'm like trying to find posters and shit online. I'm telling you, I'm going to anything. Nothing. I, there's like one on eBay that's like a cutesy little like uh, like a, it's like a height poster and it's like 18 by 20 and like it's little oh little uh norm just like poking his head out it's not a great poster but the poster for upworld is awesome i want to make t-shirts like 
I'm telling you, this driving yes. thing. I want to do it. Anthony, it's got to happen. Anthony Michael Hall, come on, man. Like Everyone's asking you to do Breakfast Club stuff. I'm asking you to come out and do something for Upworld. I bet he'd be down. Yeah. I mean, we could get lucky and he could be living like on this side of the country and not in California. So. Yeah. Last time I saw him was last, not this past May, but the May before that. And I finally got my awkward prom photo with the the geek from Sixteen Candles. I was pretty fucking stoked, and he was very sweet about it. I love that man. Oh, he's so talented. Um, it's so fun. He's so yeah. funny. That's like he does some voices and stuff in the movie, and he's just it's just he's so good. He's so good. Yes, and he can pay, play like fucking Dead Zone was amazing. I do love some Dead Zone. Yes. Yes, my guy, Sean Patrick Flannery and Anthony Michael Hall. But guys, I promised I would announce a winner at the end of the stories. I may have cut that out, but I did say it out loud and Nick heard me. So for the month of August 2020, David Book, you are our winner. He posted on Amazon Prime. There are many paranormal investigation shows out there. Oddity Files is unique that it is independently produced so you get to see what is really what it's really like during a real investigation without all of the ne- network interface. Um so thank you David Book. I appreciate the shit out of that. And I guess I should finally announce the fact that the Oddity Files crew paranormal team has pretty much been disbanded at this point. Um, Clayton has moved to L.A. Carter has a full-time job and doesn't have time to look for ghosts with mom anymore. So I just figured it was probably time to make that final announcement. Everybody's like, when season four? When season four? Thanks, COVID. It's not going to happen. But I think what I'm going to do, we did two investigations before all of that went down. And I, I'm thinking about turning it into like a... A documentary about me and the ghosts I brought home with me. So there you go. I've got all the footage. Yeah. So I mean, the Anna's been on investigations with me, so there's bits and pieces of her, all that, and I've got the house. So it's finally announced. I hate that I've been putting this off for so long, but guys, yes, it's just me now, and I'm gonna figure something out. And on that note, I'm gonna read. A listener story. Because <laughs> I don't know how to end that. Oh. Um, so this comes from Phil. And he says, I sent you a previous story, which was the first one read out on the Odyssey podcast. Way back in the day, apparently. Um, so I thought maybe I should send you another one. On the 21st of June, it will be my 22nd anniversary of my best friend Andy passing away. We were both 22 at the time, and we were as close as brothers could be. I even visited him in the hospital when he was born. I was three months old. Aww, I love that. Andy was at a party and got involved in a drinking competition, and unfortunately, he passed out. He woke up vomiting many hours later, and by the time an ambulance arrived, he had died. I spent the majority of the day contacting friends to let them know what had happened and didn't really have any time alone to take it all in until later that night. When I did... I sat down in my room to listen to the last CD I had introduced him to, the City of Angels soundtrack. 
Oh, I love this song. Mainly for the Goo Goo, goo, goo Dolls and Iris. Oh, such a good movie. There's a song by U2 on the soundtrack called If God Will Send His Angels. As I was listening to the song, the lyric said, Hey, if God will send you his angels, and if God will send a sign. At this point, my CD jumped. It had never done that before this, and was on- it was only a few weeks old. I started the song again several times, and it always jumped at the same point. I am covered in goosebumps right now. I tried a different CD player in the front room, and it played straight through. I played it again a couple of times on my CD player, and it jumped. I asked my mom to come in and listen, and it played straight through. No jumps. No way. Wow. No way. (laughs) Then after she left, I played it again, and it jumped again. I believe it was his way of showing me that although he was gone, he was still there with me. After that day, the CD never jumped again. Anytime I hear the song, it takes me back to that night and will always make me think of Andy. I just wanted to say a thank you for the podcast and TV show and the hours of entertainment you provide us. Phil. Holy shit, what a story. That's, you know, it's, it, it, it brings back the, the, the Ed Lorraine Warren situation where they kind of like dub every ghost as a demon. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of like slaps that in the face a little bit where it's like, uh, yeah, but they're not. You know, like the, they're not, they're not, they're, they're, I think there are, you know, there are stories like this. that are just like, well, you know, I think for, there are more of these types of stories than there yes. are the creepy necrophilia psycho yes. guy who's being levitated because of, you know, stuff like, nah, that's like, that's like a dime, a dime a dozen. This is like. The, these stories. I mean, I think the last few weeks we've covered stories that have been similar in this sort of someone who's lost a loved one and the loved one is mm-hmm. communicating with them in some way. I mean, we've heard yeah. lots of stories like that and it's 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 yeah, it's like a magical thing and shows that paranormal, I think there, there are still people who kind of like scoff at it and and be like, oh, you mean demons and shit? You're like, no, no, yeah. I don't. There's actually another layer to this, and and I think not enough people are acknowledging that and and are talking about it like it, you know, like this story, which to right. to me is like a beautiful story of beautiful, yeah. And honestly, that's what my book is about. It literally is that there are beautiful stories that spirits told me and I just wanted to share them with the world you know it's and I think back in Ed and Lorraine's heyday was it the 70s and 80s I mean they were the one that came out with the Amityville correct yeah yeah I think so and you know they were the Zach Baggins of the day if you think about it they're going to sensationalize it they're going to make it seem scarier than it actually was to sell books or to book um, speaking at these colleges and things like that. I just, I see a turn in the industry. And I think the people that only know from Ed and Lorraine Warren and their Conjuring movies and their Annabelle movies, that everything is a demon. It's not. I think you're exactly right, Nick. And you said it better than I could have. Oh, stop it. 
I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, and at times were darker too. I mean, 70s, 80s, I mean, even like 60s, you had, you know, you had Charles Manson, you had the Golden State Killer, you had Zodiac yeah. Killer, you had all of these, like, I mean, when you think about the short amount of time that there is this just surge of crazy, psychotic serial killers who existed, that, that yeah. was making headlines. Like, one would be gone. That was my childhood. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to me. Like, like, no one really, like, everyone's fascinated, but no one's talking about the short amount of time that all oh, yeah. of this happened. Like, one would get caught or one would kind of disappear. Someone else would come in. One would disappear. Someone else would come in. Mm-hmm. One would get caught. Someone else would come And it was constant. So, like, that whole Ed Lorraine Warren, like, demons this, demons that, dark shit, dark shit, like, exorcist, Amityville, son of Sam. Son of Sam. Like, that was all... You know, a product of the times, and I think we live in a product of the times now, where like more people are into like woo-woo, spiritual type stuff. That they're yes. they're taking these like, you know, my mother passed, and she's speaking to me through this, or like I have this thing, and they might not talk about it because they're they might you know their friends might not be into the woo-woo spiritual stuff, but there we are, yeah, we are, and you know these <laughs> these stories are are so much more. Than just you know ghost stories, demons, demon, yeah. yeah, yeah, satanic panic. Yep, um, that too. Yeah. That that was also a big. That was big in the eighties. Yeah. Oh, Ozzy Osbourne and him making people kill goats. Not even a thing. Yeah, I hate. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. So be good. What this this the summary of what Nick is trying to say is: be good to people. Be kind to people. Just because your house is haunted, don't fucking scream at them. It could be somebody's grandma. That's what Nick said. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. Or I said. I, th- I think it is like it's the whole Bill and Ted model. Like the be excellent to each other, and like not just humans. Like be excellent to, you know, spirit people. Spirit. I'm nicer to spirits than I am people. You've seen me in action, Nick. Come on. Yeah. You're damn right. I have. And you know what? If I had a lot of spiritual interaction, I'd also be nicer to them than I am people. Because, like, people are kind of assholes right now. (laughs) Preach. But on that note, if anybody else has an amazing, wonderful story like this where it's a feel-good ghost story, I feel like we need more of those on the show. But if you have a story... Where you were terrified of a ghost, we want to hear that too. Maybe we can help you get over that. I don't know. It's kind of my lot in life. After writing this book, I I did a lot of, I don't want to call it soul searching because that sounds so fucking cheesy, but I, I went over all these investigations I had been to and honestly, my path has been, don't be a dick. Yeah, but like my investigative. It's also like you said it. So you you saying that like what you basically just said was like if you have stories where you're terrified, think about the stories where like this is this is someone trying to communicate to a loved one, and maybe that spirit who is there communicating to a loved one, that loved one has moved on, whether it's to a different state, to a different house, to, and then that spirit is still there. And maybe that spirit thinks you're an asshole too. And that's what's happening. Yeah. So where's my fucking family? Yeah. Imagine that. It's it, totally that. And you just happen to be like, you know, if, if you just moved into a house and you're experiencing issues or experiencing not issues, like 
paranormal energies and you that feels negative it's like maybe that thing that's there doesn't like you or wants who was there back right or maybe you're a dick yeah and they're gonna treat you like one <laughs> yep show empathy uh, i guess exactly empathy is so key to the world right now okay i'm not gonna get on my high horse any higher than i already am because whoops i almost just fell off but guys we appreciate you send us your stories make sure to rate review and subscribe tell your friends about us we appreciate the shit out of you guys your retweets and shares but tell somebody with your mask on of course face to face and i appreciate the shit out of you I know Nick does too, but weird is the new cool. And ghost on. And don't be a dick. Facts. Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. 2020 artwork created by me, Kitsy Duncan. The opinions expressed in this podcast are ours and ours alone. Well, maybe yours too. If you like the show and would like to support us, visit oddityfiles.com and click on support or go to patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Every little bit helps with both the podcast and the TV show. You can also support us by watching Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. It's free to Prime members and dirt cheap to those who aren't. You can find us on all the social media sites at Oddity Files. Keep spreading the word by sharing, retweeting, and reposting. Join our Oddity Files Facebook group by searching Oddity Files Fan Group and click join. We'll approve you as soon as we can. All weirdos are welcome. Not into that social media stuff? Tell your coworkers, family, even the weird guy who just won't stop talking to you in line for coffee. Oh, and grandma. Your grandma will love us. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if it weren't for you, we have no idea what we would do with our lives. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send it on in at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also, send in story ideas, silly, weird memes, or just positive vibes to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. You can also call in and leave that in a voicemail. Call us at 317-300-6699. To contact us about an appearance, reach out at kitsy at oddityfiles.com. When you have a set, rate, review, and subscribe. We know it doesn't sound like much, but it really helps us get up there on the podcasting charts. And remember, kids, weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Um, why are you still here? Go on. Get out of here. Turn it off. It's done. Really? I swear. Go. Get. Serious. I'm out of here. <laughs>